Where's my art, Paulie? Kid, Richard Kimball, the devil's whatever. Those are all make-believe. Hey, I got no work either. I was born, grew up, spent a few years in the army, a few more in the can, and here I am, a half a wise guy. So what? I got no identity. Even Brendan Falone's got an identity, he's dead. Hey man, long time no talk. It's been at least, uh, I don't know, 20 hours or so? Yeah. Yeah, interesting this. This, sort of, this is the first time we've done one thing so close together, I think. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, back to back. I, as soon as I finished recording with you... Uh, for episode seven, I jumped right into episode eight, which is what. Hey, everybody, welcome back to episode eight of Sopranos Redefined, which also happens to ironically be episode eight of the show called The Legend of Tennessee Maltasante, which debuted February 28th, 1999. I mean, what, we just said it yesterday. Well, sorry, last episode. Uh, I was missing Christopher and ask and you shall receive, right? Oh, we got plenty of Christopher. He's back. Back with a vengeance. He was uh, he was great. He was great. Uh I will uh just get the synopsis of, you know, what we're getting into, which is basically it says here that the FBI begins closing in on the DeMio family. Tony and Carmela are angry over the attention that Italians get from the authorities. Well, Christopher fumes that he's not getting enough attention and boy that's his, that's his main that's just his main focus in this uh, whole episode. Not everything that's going on. Where's his? Why isn't he getting his? Yeah, he starts kicking off, doesn't he? Because Brendan gets a mention on the on the news, um, and of course, Chris's mindset. I, I should say, you know, Chris. I've obviously been very mixed with Chris, and not really a big fan of him, and I'm still not. But he's he's very good in this. He's very good, and, and there's some of the stuff that he does, and and the things that he's going through, even though the reason he's going through them are maybe the the you know the choices that he's making are, are a bit silly. He's lacking this whole identity, and he wants to be. He wants someone to say, "Oh, Christopher, yes, he's a very dangerous mobster." Oh, brilliant, yes, very exciting, which is obviously yeah. ludicrous. But some of the stuff he comes out with, and there's certain scenes in in this episode, um, which are quite, I think, quite say powerful maybe powerful is a bit strong but they're quite full-on they're quite he, he, a couple of things that he, he expresses and he comes out of lines are quite um are quite heavy quite deep you think about so, the uh interaction that he has with tony when they're uh, in the car there. yes you got the one in the car yeah. with tony um which is which is good on both sides because you can see that tony is you know is, is, is sort of laying out that are you asking if he's depressed and um you can see tony's kind of Mate, potentially think about you know the idea of, of saying well well Christopher maybe you should look into you know going to therapy and doing this and I don't know if he'd have, he'd have, he'd have you know I don't know if he would have there and then said Christopher no. by the way you're depressed I've been depressed I've got this fantastic therapist but he seems like he was he was willing to open up a little bit I don't know how far he would have gone with it but he wanted to say look Christopher he may have lied and said, like, I know someone who's had therapy. Or I know someone who's been depressed. Maybe I can help you out. And he even mentioned the, the idea of, you know, have you ever thought about killing yourself? And I don't think, as Tony, I don't think Tony's said that as such. I think maybe during one of the sessions with Melfi. I don't remember it. It doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't seem familiar to me. No, I think may, maybe at push, he's, he sort of said it, you know, offhand. He sort of said, oh, I was doing this, this and this, and my mum's doing that, and my family's this. And, you know, sometimes I just wanted to go and blow my brains out. Maybe he's like sort of said that, and it's not really been, he hasn't really said it, and he hasn't, that hasn't been the end of his conversation. He's just sort of said it flippantly and then moved on. But, um, yeah, there's, there's obviously that scene in the car, and then there's the scene with uh, Paulie when he's trying to write his script and he's sitting in that. Yeah. That was a good. That, that was a good connection between those two there. Uh, yeah, and uh, just the idea of you know he says about you if you have ever wondered you ever wondered if anything good will happen to you, and it's you know it's quite it's quite it's quite it's quite a simple line, but I mean the fact that Paulie says well well no not really but like, and nothing ever has but just just keep living don't I just keep. But going. I think that's also that that scene is is interesting from the perspective of someone who's lived a little bit more of an experienced uh, existence 
as opposed to Christopher, who, like, what, what, I don't know if we've touched on it before, but Christopher's early 20s, I'm guessing, right? It's somewhere in and around there. And, you know, everyone, when they're that age, they're thinking, well, eventually I'll get my, you know, get my break or get my, you know, my footing and I'm going to become this successful, rich, perhaps even famous individual versus someone who's lived and goes, that's not how things go. Right, you, 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 you exist. You live. You make the best of it. Like this evening, where we have a couple women hanging out in the car. Let's go do that. Well, he's mulling over his, you know, potential uh, lost opportunities to become something greater than he is right there. So, uh, I, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that scene between those two. Yeah, it's the. I think with Chris, it's the identity stuff, isn't it? That's that's all he's looking for having this script and having this screenplay that he feels like is going to get him to the big time, is going to get him some clout and is going to get him well-known and get him to whatever heights he's he's searching for, he's going to get it with this script. But it's not, you know, every, every, like loads of people have got that, haven't they? They've got, I've got this script and I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to write and that's going to be my big thing. <laughs> I'm going to start a um, podcast. I'm going to be super famous. <laughs> well, that's it, isn't it? It's, it's small things like that. It starts small and it depends. Because you know, also the, the idea of people have all these ideas and have you know big or small starting a podcast you know that's always been one for me for a long time it's like oh, you know I should start that podcast or give it a go and it's always just not not quite happened and it's something where you know, 10 years from now when things have changed you know got a couple of kids or whatever whatever's going on where you know the time that you had back then is even is even more limited 10 years from now and you sit there and think you know I speak to Tom and go oh Tom you know we should have started that podcast shouldn't we I think we could have been quite good at that Oh well, you know, it's over now. You get that, don't you? That's that's just that's life. Loads of people just there's things that people want to start. You sit back ten years from now, and you think, oh, shit, didn't didn't do it. Um, and it's yeah, there's kind of elements of that within this, but I think the script for Christopher isn't really. I'm not sure he's sitting there and he's he's this, this like massive sort of aspiring screenwriter. He's like, I've got to make it with the screen. I've got, I've got to get this screenplay done. It's just it's just the the only way he feels like at the moment. That's going to potentially get him somewhere. I, I I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. But he does make passing of what passion he has for movies, right? He, it's it's like yeah yeah you okay, know like yeah. like I agree with you. He is totally like this is going to this is going to be my I'm going to make my mark, right? I want to make my mark, and and this is going to be you know maybe the easiest way I can do because I really like movies, and I'll just take my life experiences and, and put them on the, uh, on the screen. Right. So, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't disagree, but yet he does make a, a mention of, you know, he is passionate about films. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because they, they explore it, don't they? In, in the first episode in the pilot and because the pilot's kind of its own separate thing, you're not sure how much has changed and how much is carried over and what's been, because season one wasn't effectively, it was, wasn't written at this point, was it? So they had no idea where it was going to go. The pilot was just its own separate thing. Maybe potentially was going to be changed into a film. HBO signed them up, and it was like, okay, great. Now we can explore and obviously write season one. So it's interesting that they've come back to that idea of this script and the screenplay that Chris has got. Um, but I think, I think realistically, with this, is probably what I'm trying to say is that if Chris does get the clout he wants and does does find this identity that he's looking for, as you see right at the end, the fact that the news. The uh, his names in the newspaper. That that's kind of all he's looking for, and I'm sure this this um, this script that he's got will just be kind of put put to the side and just forgotten about for ages because he's like, oh, yeah. this is, I found it. I'm in the newspaper. Yes, we're back. Yeah, brilliant. And you know, and if someone went, oh, Chris, you're going to do that script? I was like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. But when you know, I've seen my name, it's in the newspaper. Yeah. I'm famous. People know who I am. Yes. Yeah, the script can wait. You know, big. I'm a big fan of films, but no, I'm. This is. I'm happy at the moment, so we'll get back. Yeah, to Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was funny. And, and now I'm remembering, and I think I, I mentioned to you early on. Um, dream sequences play a heavy part in this in this series, and this one opens up with that dream sequence with Christopher walking through the deli, and and I guess it's. It, it's not so much his fear of getting caught. It's, I think, tying into the whole theme, which you laid out pretty well here, is his identity, right? Like, like where does he fit in? Like, who is he? And uh, it's great, too. Like, you got the, the, the wedding scene that uh, starts off, and you got every there. Big mob wedding, right? And once they find out all the indictments are, are coming in, how everyone's all panicked. 
and and Christopher's just like I like, I, I want to be panicked too, right? <laughs> just like yeah, like don't worry about it, man. Like you're 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 fine, you know. Uh, I like that scene. I thought that was. I thought it was pretty cute how they were all scrambling and they eventually all peace out. And then you, you have that uh, little uh, like circle meeting of all the capos and they're going to run things by Junior. And then like, oh, okay, hey, what do you think, Tony? He's like, oh, what the fuck are you asking this guy for? And just like, oh, shit. Like, you, got, you, you really got to make sure how you handle him, right? Because if you do it wrong, you're, you're going to send the whole thing into a tailspin. So it was, it was funny watching them all peace out of the wedding and then scramble you know, to kind of make sure that they can't, uh, you know, basically be caught with their hand in the cookie jar, eh? Yeah, a max exodus at the wedding, yeah. It's quite funny as well, that big pussy, he gave money, didn't he? And then he had to sort of come back, reach his hand and take the money back. Oh, I'm sorry, just in case. <laughs> yeah, I thought, that was, yeah, I thought um, that was pretty good. Yeah, again, again, and we're getting the dynamics, aren't we, of, of Tony. Um, you know, Junior obviously starts getting, you know, he gets cross because the blokes asked Tony, you know, what... what any ideas, Tony? But also, Tony's the one who then says, "Oh, by the way, should we do some? Uh, you know, should we do some housekeeping? Everyone, just yeah. If we're not, not going to com- com- go com- like you know, if we're not going to completely go underground, shall we at least just clean up certain things? Oh yeah, yeah. That's that, that's the next thing I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, again, just Junior sort of. No, he's not clueless, Junior, but he's. It's interesting because you think that someone who has effectively spent their whole life wanting to be at the top, and is now at the top. But doesn't struggle somewhat to make. I know this is quite, you know, but this this isn't the first time this has happened. Carmela references it when they go to the house. The minute where Tony's just casually just pulls down a shotgun and goes, "Oh, can you put, yeah, put that in the box." She says, "Oh, here we yeah, go." And- so it's like this. This is happening regularly. This, this isn't the first time this has happened. This is probably happening maybe once or twice a year or so. What, however, it's happened before. Yeah. Um, and obviously Carmela's like she she references it, but Junior's just like oh oh yeah that's a good idea yeah yeah get rid of the stuff yeah good good Tony I, I, I was gonna say that well, next. I think I think right, we were okay, talking sure. about it last episode about w- w- how much does she know like how in the know is she I think we know right here in the scene like how casual they are she's not panicked he's not panicked it's just like okay like where did we put everything and he's casually just handing her like I said the shotgun the you know, handguns. I don't know how much money that was, but they're just like, yeah, she she knows what's going on. She knows the deal, you know, and that was clear. And I thought it was funny too. It's yeah, you know, got to take the jewelry. Well, not the wedding ring. Well, not the wedding ring. Like that, that's not stolen, is it? And he's got that great comedic half beat. No, no, of course not. No, it's, of course I didn't steal it. Nah, maybe you did, Big T. Yeah, it's all very casual, isn't it? Because like the kids are in the house, so. There's, there's no there's no scene or there's no indication that they've said, oh, kids, go upstairs, you know, shut your doors. We've got to do something downstairs. It's like, well, Meadow or AJ could just run down and go, oh, right, what's... Dad's holding a shotgun. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, well, well, I mean... Why? What the hell's going Meadow on? Meadow seemed a little... Like, maybe that was the first time Meadow had ever really clocked it, right? Because she seems to be watching intently and kind of like, oh, okay, like, this is you know, not just sort of this idea or this understanding that I know my dad's mixed up into some odd stuff, but now I'm, I'm seeing it for, you know, like, like with my own eyes and there's maybe a sense of fear in her that didn't exist before, right? Now it's actually coming home, which we eventually see it. It shows up on their well, back door, if you know, for lack of a better term. Yeah, that's kind of the point, isn't it? With that, the fact that kids are just getting older. Mm-hmm. They're getting older, they're seeing stuff, they're asking questions. As opposed to, I'm sure that, yeah, I'm sure this sort of stuff's been happening since, um, well, not not sure. It has been happening, but they just don't, you know, five, six-year-old, if your dad walks past for a shotgun, it's just like, oh, what's that? Oh, it's just my toy gun. Oh, okay, okay. cool. Yeah, we're all good there. And it's, yeah, just forgotten about. What'd you think of the, uh, what'd you think of the, the Melfi stuff? They flash over to her family dinner. Uh... Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't that huge. I think if there was one sort of point of this episode that I wasn't like sold on, it was the Melfi stuff. I understand why it's there again in terms of moving along the narrative of the episode and you've got these two opposing sides talking about Italian culture, the, you know, the stereotypes that you have of it. So you need, you need this, whoever it's going to be, you need to have these two opposing sides, Tony and then obviously now Melfi and the family. But 
Yeah, I think the family just that. Yeah, the husband was just irritating. The husband was just a bit dork. Oh, sorry. Which which was an interesting dynamic, right? Because I got the impression that was her mum and dad, and they're having a big family dinner. Yeah. And you've got the ex-husband there, and you know their their son. What a progressive family, right? (laughs) Like, well, it's nice. Yeah, yeah. it's like you know you sit down with your ex ex ex-wife or ex-husband, have dinner with your son, and so that's the point, isn't it? Really. You know, you put your differences aside and, you you know, you have a child together so you can sit down and have a nice Italian family, family dinner. And, uh... Yeah, no, it's you know? it's it's, it's, it's a, good to see, right? Like, uh... Right, right. As someone who, you know, is raising raising a child with a, you know, a former spouse, I just, man, I, that, that... Obviously, it hits me different when I see a scene like that. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> I don't know if I would want to no, sit with my... It's a bit of a yeah. push. I can see how you know. Hopefully, you can, if you had to, you could sit down with your with your ex wife or your ex husband, have a dinner with your with your child. Yeah. I think you know. Hopefully, you're at a point where you can do that, even though you may not enjoy it. But bringing the family in as well, that's a bit. It's a bit, yeah, it's pushing it. I think. But but like all joking aside, it's good to see, right? Like I mean, it's it's cool that they oh, they had that uh, sort of peace and and just putting obviously whatever might have been a tense situation behind them. So, but. It was also like, yeah, I'm sort of getting the impression that Jennifer, uh, Dr. Melfi, she gets charged out of the fact that this big wig mobster is her client because she she sort she sort oh, yeah. of drops it there. She's like, oh, God, I, I know someone. My client would be nervous about that. But oh, I can't say anymore. Right. And it's like, yeah, you're, you're kind of this is this is you enjoy this. Right. Oh yeah. Oh, that's that's hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. She she drops the line and then says, "Oh, you know, I can't talk about work or clients." Yeah. Right. Well, why why'd you bring yeah, it up? I, I was pretty sure oh. that was you that that brought that up. Yeah, you just brought and it up, and now you can't talk about it. Super defensive, coming to his uh, coming to his defense, if you will. Whenever they start slandering, you know what he may or may not be. She's like, "Oh, you don't know. You don't know." Right. I th- I thought that was kind of revealing of her character in a way right she's i mean obviously she's nowhere near as um a dangerous individual as tony is but she she is very drawn uh, to the allure of that side of the of the social line that he walks on wouldn't you say yeah we've talked about it before haven't we about the what's you know what's she getting from it why after his recent declaration of love to her and him, you know, based on their interaction so far, why is she still going? And I'm sure just because she's just, it's it's fascinating, isn't it? She just like she likes it. She likes the idea of the fact that this is Tony Soprano. She likes the idea that she can maybe be the one who, or she is, she actually actively is helping him. And he's he's telling her that, yeah, that's you know, I really appreciate the chats, and you you said this, and I I, I try to implement that in my life with my mum or whatever, and it actually worked. So you know, thanks for that. So she likes the idea that she's helping someone. And Tony's become kind of like a bit of a project. She's he's become something that she feels like she can, I don't know, maybe make into a, turn into a better person, making make a someone you know make someone into a better father, a, a son, whatever. Um, and I imagine that a lot of the other people that she she works with, other patients and stuff, it's just it's mundane. Sure, it's like going through the motions, yeah, right? It's, it's run of the mill, isn't it? It's the same stuff, isn't it? They come in, they've got they've got issues, and and she sees quite. She sees a lot of the same people all the time. And she's, you know, how long she's been doing it for maybe 20 years or whatever. So she's been doing it a long time. And this is the first time that someone's come in, like Tony Soprano, someone of this stature has come in. And she's like, oh, this yeah. is... And, and I'm sure, I'm sure, like, I would and other people would, if you had that, if you had this person, this famous person come in, um, and you've got other, just other people, other patients, other clients who, who you see, you're like, well... Yeah, I kind of like this. I kind of look forward to this once a week or twice a yeah. week. This is a little bit interesting. This is a little bit like, not it's not dangerous yet, but I imagine as it goes along, Melfi's going to potentially get stuck in certain situations and things are going to come out, maybe where she's going to start being in danger potentially. I think her husband kind of brings it up and says, you know, you need to be careful, like, you, you know, to get involved with these mobsters and the mafia. It's, it's not, you know, just, and I think he says right at the end, he's sort of, he's about to say something about, Oh, you know, Jason, your mum could potentially. Oh, actually, no, I won't. I won't be too graphic. <laughs> I won't say anything. So, yeah, something about like being murdered or raped or yeah, whatever yeah, it's going to yeah. come out with. 
and he kind of holds back. I, um, I don't. I don't. But yeah, no, she I don't it. remember like when there's a handful of episodes that come up, and there's one in particular. I can't wait to see it because there is uh, this dynamic that goes on with her in her life, and how. Um, I just, yeah, I can't spoil anything, but I just it's one of those ones where I I remember going, this is some of the best TV I've seen ever, and I can't wait to get. To, and I will bring I will remind you when we get to that episode. But I think it might be God, it might be a couple seasons away. But um, if we make it that far, I see. Yeah, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, right? <laughs> well, you know, hopefully I'll make it that far, but we we may not be doing this. No, I. I I'm going to continue watching the show regardless. I, t- I take each episode with you as a blessing, my man. <laughs> I always, always treat it like it could be the last. <laughs> no, it could be the last. I was just about to say that, yeah. So yeah. I thought uh, I thought it was really f- interesting. Uh, you know how you kind of mentioned with the pilot that they sort of lay things out and you don't know what's going to be moving forward. Um, there's a great moment in that bakery scene where christopher goes in and he's got a i I don't even think he wanted to go there but the you know tony called him up said listen gotta go to the bakery get some you know whatever for the meeting that they're gonna have so he's obviously in a bad mood when he goes there has a freak out but casting there was there was a casting note in that scene where you see this the time lapse of him waiting for his his turn right grabs the number the big dude that walks in right and he says oh what can i help you what are you talking about he he was i was here before him he's like no 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 he took a number he's back that guy that actor plays a prominent role as a member of the family moving forward there's there's no way that he's playing the same actor because Chris would have known who he is. He's, I just thought that was really funny. And you'll, and he has, a, I don't know if hilarious is the right term. Uh, he's, his character goes on a very interesting journey. And uh, it's just so funny to say, oh, oh, they just probably threw him in here as large bakery patron. And they, they bring him back and he's a completely different character. So, uh, I don't know if you'll remember his right, face, but I thought that was very funny. And when you talked about how, you know, when they do a pilot, who knows what they're going to take moving forward. Almost like the first season could be the same thing, right? Like, ah, we'll try to get things rolling. Oh, shit, this guy's great. We're going to bring him back. Hopefully no one remembers that he was like bakery guy. Well, well, saying that, he must have been doing something right because he's in this scene for a minute. And David Chase and Co have gone like, yeah, this guy's got something. He's got some chops. Let's let's get make him a serious player in season two and, and beyond. So, yeah, yeah, he's got a he's got a really fun arc, and uh, I'm uh, looking I'm looking forward to see well, how you react. Look at that, we're all looking forward to it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, that bakery scene too. It's like, fuck Chris, keep your shit together, right? Like he's well, that's that's the Chris we know and love, isn't it? That there he is. You know, yeah. he's he's been a bit more, you know, down downbeat. He's he's trying to do his script. He's you know, you can see that he's struggling a little bit. But th- there's the Chris that we know and love. There's the hothead. There's the guy who just yeah does what he wants when he wants. Is is just a just a not a great person really. But as I said, I'm I'm you know I'm I'm enjoying Chris and there's there's several scenes which he's in and there's there's several sort of themes that he, he explores that um that I think are good. So um yeah, classic Chris that is. Speaking of characters that you know you're like oh I'm enjoying I, I I wrote it down here. I think Olivia is like my favorite character. Oh she's, she's got to be. She's, yeah oh yeah absolutely. She's so good. Yeah. Like I wasn't quite sure uh, what was going on when Carmela showed up at the retirement community to take her out to brunch. I didn't realize they, they I thought they were like, okay, we're going to go on the lamb. Like they're going to take her and we're going to get out of here. Excuse me. I didn't realize that it was to get her out of there. So Tony could stash the shit. But I, I just, lo- I just love all the low key shade that she tosses towards Carmela, right? Like, Oh, what's wrong, something wrong with Anthony? Did he cheat on you again? <laughs> just like, uh, and, and poor Carmela, she's like, I just got to sit here and eat this because I have to get her out of here. So just, just, just take all the shots that she's gonna be, you know, pointing out in your direction. But, but the I, thing I, is, like, she's, she's not an idiot, so though, funny. Is she? That's the whole point of Olivia. I think there was a, there was a line that I wanted to 
meant uh, reference last episode, which I don't think I did about the fact that I think Tony, maybe I did. Tony says to her about, you know, if you were born after the feminist, you could have been, you know, you'd have been the boss effectively. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's just so true because she, she has that mind. She has that sort of that mindset. She's conniving. She's, she's nasty. She's, she's borderline in some regards, evil. And she's got that mindset where she could have, she could have easily have been, and potentially she has kind of been the acting boss because she is, we've seen that she is the one who is kind of giving junior previously would have given Tony's dad ideas and kind of told him effectively what to do. We've seen that a little bit in the last episode with yeah, the whole yeah, Reno yeah. thing and just shut that down instantly. Um, so she's not an idiot. She's, you know, she comes in and Carmela, they don't, they don't, they barely speak. When was the last time they went out together? Just her and Carmela. She knows. You know, she questions it. Yeah. She goes like, what, what's, what are we doing? What's going on? Oh, is it Tony? Oh, is Tony being an arsehole again? Oh. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. So it's just, it's just, yeah, again, every, every time you see her, she's just, even though, well, Tony knows, but even though she's, you know, she's into this home now and she's, you, you feel like maybe she's just kind of living a more of like a sort of a quieter life and she's just, you know, winding down. She's where she needs to be. She's just on it. She's not, she's just on it all of the time. She's always, sharp. Yeah, yeah. Definitely sharp. Goes into the fact that every time she sees someone, she's always got, she's always got something horrible to say about someone. Again, <laughs> I, I, was it Mrs. Ryan? Sort of, I think she says something about how snooty ass Mrs. Ryan. Oh, she's so snooty. She comes in and says this. God, I can't stand her. She's um, good. Yeah, she's just yeah. She's no, she's brilliant. She's just on it all the time, and um, that's the thing. Even though she's not in this episode for large chunks of it, this is you know a Christopher led episode. Every time she shows up, she's she just steals the episode. So like oh, yeah. every time, you know, she she may be in it for about a minute. You're like, oh yeah. So what about Livia? Let's talk about Livia for ten minutes because again, she just come yeah. up with another classic. Yeah, yeah. They give her they give her some of the best lines, and it's funny because I remember. I don't know if you would say they've given her some more levity because of the thing because like, she's she's humorous when she comes on screen now right whereas she was so miserable when we were introduced to her in the first few episodes but now it's like i see her and i'm like oh we're gonna get some olivia yeah. right so um before i i, I was i was like oh god it's a terrible character just because of how she is you know meant to be but now i like you said she's like she's one of my favorite characters but i a couple of really poor choices in this particular episode one you know christopher going off and and blowing the uh poor clerk's toe off at the end of that bakery scene do you think it's smart for tony to be hiding that shit in his mom's room like i don't know it just doesn't seem like well yeah, what if what, she finds it what's she gonna do well, yeah like, is she gonna sewer him or i assume she's not is no one using this wardrobe is his mum not using it like he's it's a rand it just seems like a random box with just like sort of bed sheets in but is no yeah. one is it just it's just there for what effect like it's it's not getting used it's not getting used by someone coming in to change the room and change yeah. the bed sheets or i get maybe his mum may not go anywhere near it she doesn't i'm assuming someone comes in and changes it for her and and cleans the room and stuff so she may not find it but it's it's been put there for a reason either by his mum or someone who works there so like it's like really like how i don't know unless he just it's it's not going to be there for that long i don't know how long he he, he wants to keep it there for so he thinks well it's only going to be here for a week or so so you know i'm sure no one will find yeah it. i i guess they're figuring the uh the feds aren't gonna raid the retirement community right yeah. and so. i guess maybe if his mum does find it she's he's just gonna say oh yeah sorry mum, i had to um i had to just you know i, was, I had to sort of be a bit low low key i had to hide some bits but then at the same time it's like well well, why couldn't he tell her that? Exactly, yeah. Because like yeah. you said, like she's she's clued in. She's not ignorant to what's going on. It's not like he's hiding his lifestyle from her. Um, I don't know why he couldn't have just been like, hey, hey, mom, like this is what's going on. I, I, I got to keep this shit here. I don't think she's going to sell him out to the cops. That no. seems like very counterintuitive. And, and to be fair, to- I think this nursing home idea, I understand why Tony's, Tony's doing it. It makes sense, but... At the same time, we know the FBI are, are, are tracking the mafia. They're, they're tracking Tony. They're tracking Junior, and him, Junior and Tony are making. You know, I don't know how frequently they're going to the nursing home, but they're going. You know, a couple of times a week or three, four times a week regularly. Yeah. Yeah. So if they're tracking them and, and sort of seeing what they're doing day to day, Junior, it's, right? It's Junior's the, going yeah, there. Yeah, it's one of the go-to places they go. So 
you know, there's no reason why the FBI potentially won't start, I don't know, like start tracking the the nursing home or won't have someone they're plugging in or something there. you know yeah, yeah I, like, like i did for the dinner so. when the, the the mafia were there and all the capos and everything were there that was obviously a bit different because they're all in one spot but if this is something that is this one of their local haunts that they go to three four times a week and tony and junior are, the, are some of the people they're they're tracking it's like well it maybe makes sense if they figure out also that tony's going there to see his mum. they're like well this is this is potentially a good place to maybe hold up and kind of watch what he's up to I just didn't think it seems like that may not play out well. And again, I don't remember, but it just it just doesn't seem like a good idea. And and on that theme of bad ideas, is digging up a body in the middle of the day a good idea? That just seemed like Jesus, guys. Like could could you not at least wait till dusk? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know where that where is that spot because I I get there's no roads anywhere near and so it's yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that scene's just, that scene's just great because we see Georgie's back, isn't he? Georgie's back in this episode for a, a few scenes. And, um, I think he says, well, they, you know, they're obviously digging up and he's, Christopher's moaning and, uh, Georgie finds him and says, oh, is, is this, is this him? And Christopher just says, well, yeah, well, it'd be a fucking coincidence. It wasn't. <laughs> there's a, what, there's another body here. What are the charts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, just like the way that. he says, it's like, God, is this him? I think I found him. <laughs> yeah, you'd hope. Um, oh, yeah, no, it's good stuff. Yeah, it's, it's a good scene actually. That it's um, obviously George goes to throw up, and uh, yeah, it's just part of it's. It's yeah, we didn't. I guess we didn't really talk about the. Um, oh no, you obviously you mentioned earlier about the nightmare stuff, and I think I said that when we when we first started getting them, um, I was like, well, and hopefully we don't get too much of this because I don't think we need them, but. So oh, far, they've, they've been, yeah. Tons. So far, they've been good. So I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. You know, I don't. It's not, even though it's relied on them a little bit to either set up episodes or just random clips in the middle of the episode or wherever they've, they've popped up. They've been really good. I think that that one with Christopher at the start was really good. It was a little bit slapstick, but it actually there was little bits where it was actually quite chilling. It was, it was really well yeah. done with the hand coming oh, out, yeah. and giving him the meat and all that stuff, grabbing it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was a bit like you could look and think it was a bit silly, but it's actually, it was actually like a little mini horror film. It was actually really well done. So, as long as they, as long as they, they, they you know, they, they keep the quality of them up. I imagine this may be going forward. There's going to be some that are going to be a bit like, Ugh. or as long as they don't become boring, that they don't, they don't rely on them. If they make sense to the narrative of the episode, and it moves it along, and it may, and they that's the best way of doing it as opposed to just not having it then i'm okay with it but as long as i just don't overdo them basically there's uh there's one i think it's one episode if not two where uh there's there's someone who's in a coma and the, the whole episode is their is their coma fever dream right <laughs> and you're just kind of like yeah, you know it is kind of interesting but uh yeah like i there is a ton of this uh, tool that is used throughout the series, right. but I agree with you. For the most part, uh, they're pretty solid. Right? I, mean, I remember that recently in House of Cards. Well, not recently, like a few years ago, House of Cards, when um, um, Frank gets shot, and I think he's in a coma. And there's lots of there's like a good few episodes where it's lots of sort of coma induced scenes with him doing various things and talking to dead characters, and it was yeah. Obviously, House of Cards yeah. didn't end too well for obvious reasons, but um, yeah, I remember that. I wasn't a big fan of those episodes, unfortunately. Yeah, I, you know, I never got into that one. I, I never checked it out for no other reason than it was just there's so much content out there, right? It's like yeah. sometimes things just gotta gotta pass you by. But uh, I think you know, with all of Christopher's stupid decisions, we get that scene where Tony is waiting in the back alley or whatever for Christopher to pick him up and he's late and he just goes off at him. And I, I thought it was really fun how, like Christopher is so stupid. Like he never knows when to to just stop. And again, like like Tony's just like, shut up, shut up, right? And just trying to beat into him. It's like, you just have to stop. And man, uh, I think if it wasn't for the fact he's his nephew or you know the soft spot that tony's got from he he would have been killed a long time ago a long long time ago oh yeah he's such a loose cannon yeah again when they when they yeah we you know we touched on it briefly earlier but they they get in the car and it's um as i said it's with christopher he's still doing his dumb shit 
It's Christopher, so he's still doing all this stupid stuff, and you think, like, well, why have you done that? He's still reckless. He's still, he's still being a hothead. But another thing that he comes out of it in the car when he's talking to Tony again is he talks about how, you know, the, the, the regularness of life is getting him down. And um, you can't take, in some ways, you can't take it too seriously because it's, it's Christopher saying it. So he's still doing all the stupid stuff. But, what he, but some of the stuff he's coming out of is, is, quite, is quite meaningful. And you can kind of yeah. relate to it. That's that's kind of why I liked him more than anything. Not saying that you know, I'm I can relate to Chris. Where oh yeah, I, I can, I've seen it. You know, I'm part of the mafia over here, and oh, I just can't be taken seriously. I don't know what's going on. It's really annoying. But it's the, the you know the whole the whole idea of, of him writing this script and the fact that he's he's just depressed and he's struggling and he's not seeing anything good in his life. It's subjective, isn't it? It's that's the whole point, isn't it? Of of, of this kind of stuff. It's, it doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing, how you feel is subjective. Someone else could look at you and go like, "Well, what's he moaning about? He's doing all right." Exactly. Yeah. But it's you know, and vice versa. It's like, well, what, what, what's, what's she moaning about? She seems like she's got a nice house. She's doing all this. Like, what's the problem? And it's just Christopher. So you look at Christopher and think, "Well, yeah, well, it could be worse, Christopher." Like, you are where you kind of want to be. You're in a you're in a pretty good spot considering for you for you personally. So, you know what what's what's the issue? Um, but I think the um. Yeah, I think it just go. I think it's just it's just well done. I think it's just well done that depression and what affects people differently. And, and as you said, it's the, the the dynamics of his his chat with Paulie was good because you've just got someone who's who's been there and seen it and done it. And it's like you know, yeah, just just get on with it, Christopher. To be honest, it doesn't get yeah. any easier. So just just you know, find a way to to get rid of it. And um, yeah, it's. Uh, I think he says to Tony, isn't he, about? I think Tony brings up the idea of. Um, depression. I think he says something about um, no, I, I'm no mental midget. <laughs> so it's like, and and you can see that rattles Tony, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think I guess also what you've, you've got the the Christopher stuff, but yeah, the like the the Italian chat between that's what Melfi and his family. That's kind of what that's their purpose, isn't it? Really, to one to show Melfi that maybe she's in a little bit too deep of what she's doing with his client and the mafias so that, you know, her husband, ex-husband's there to say, you know, are you sure you're making the right decision? But the, which, and the show's already explored this with the fact that Italian culture's been getting a bit of a bad rep in society. Um, yeah. And I think it's, I think it's done well where lesser shows, or you could have done it where you could have, you could have, you know, you have, you don't have to, but there's no point ignoring the fact that Goodfellas and The Godfather exists because it, it would just be silly. But I think it's done really well in The Sopranos. It, it's part. It's you know. It's 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 sort of pushed into your face where like the the characters early on have talked about Goodfellas and The Godfather. They've they've reenacted scenes. They've had it on TV. As opposed to you could have done it where this is an this is an Italian mob family. So of course it's it's relevant. But yeah, you could have yeah, gone yeah. out of your way, David Chase and Co. Could have gone out of their way to sort of just not really speak about it. And go like, well, that, that's that's there, that's that's pop culture over there. You know, we're not gonna we're not gonna reference it. I know it exists, but we're gonna we've got our own thing over here, the Sopranos, and we're trying to take things it gives a little it a, too a connectivity, you know, more seriously. Right? Yeah, it gives it something that you 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 sort of connect with the characters because you have that common ground. It's like, oh, I've seen those movies, mm. and I I know how they affect me, and you can see how they affect people that are actually in that. So, like you said, I think that's a smart choice to acknowledge that. And I, I what do you th- what do you think about the FBI scene when they come in and do the uh, is raid the right word or you know they they they're in there to see if they can find anything. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's interesting again that the kids are there. So the kids are, you know, they're not really been told to go anywhere, and they're, you know they're watching this. And I think that's kind of part of it, isn't it? I think I think Tony's chosen to to have them there, present. So mm-hmm. when they obviously walk around the house and don't find anything, it's like, look, kids, you know, your dad's your dad's not a bad man. Okay, you know, this is what's happening. Uh, and again, you've got the right at the end before they leave. The the Italian cop drops something on the floor. Which then promotes more Italian chat at, at the dinner table, and that, that's that's the irony with of, with Tony, isn't it? Is that he he talks about how he's you know he talks about Italian people through history and how and how great they are, and they don't get the the attention or the you know the recognition they deserve. Um, and he's you know he's he's all for the working class Italian Italian person, um, but he's he's effectively living out the biggest the stereotype. stereotype there is. He's yeah. he's in the mafia. He, he's, yeah. he's not yeah. he's not had that. 
working class thing. You know, he's obviously watched his dad, who maybe was the one who built himself up and then just went past it to Tony. So he's he's whinging about culture and how, you know, it's it's certain people and certain factions are, are affecting Italian culture and in, in in sort of America at the time. But he's he hasn't sort of he hasn't worked an honest day in his life effectively. So it's yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I guess that's why you need the Melfi stuff because you need the two opposing sides to to be sort of effectively be talking about the same subject, but be in a completely different position talking about it. And um, you know Melfi's family, Melfi's ex um, ex husband, he obviously has kind of got a point about the mafia and talking about. He does say a good line actually, which I like about how which you can relate to other other groups is that how the mafia, in terms of numbers, that I think it was I think he said that was like five thousand active you know mafia in in the, in the u.s um how something so small can cast such a big sort of doom cloud over the whole of america or, or over the whole of the the italian sort of italian people in america and it's interesting and you yeah, get gotcha. that don't you with everything there's something that yeah. becomes groups that become very powerful a lot of the time they're, they're very small in numbers they have this power and they have this this clout and this this say over such a millions and millions of people but in reality, if you just put them all in a room, there's only like potentially a couple of hundred of them sometimes or, or 10 or whatever, whatever the number is. It's, um, yeah, I thought it was quite interesting, actually. It's it's When you think about it, it's quite obvious, but you don't really think about how these groups and these small groups or just one person. If you want to go to, you know, the president or the prime minister who's, who has to effectively speak for the nation. One person is is a, is a, supposed to go out there and speak for millions of people. And make the right decision. It's like okay. It's it's, it's the same thing. Like we talked about yesterday. Uh, I think we or last week. Sorry, everybody. Uh, when we got off in a little bit of a social media rant, it's like there's there's that power in that vocal minority, right? Like that that those those keyboard warriors. You know, like the like I don't know, like the release the Snyder cut or whatever. Everyone went bananas over that. But it's just a small very very vocal uh community that sort of make you feel like well that's everybody everybody feels that way so uh i also did love at the dinner scene when tony's going on about italian uh culture and you know who invented the telephone and all this kind of stuff and then there's meadow who invented the mafia (laughs) like just so cheeky right like she's she's good right but um, I guess the only other things that are, are worth mentioning that we haven't touched on already is, again, you've got uh, Uncle June going back to Olivia to kind of bounce things off of her. And she, uh, there's two things. There's, there's two things that are noteworthy in that. In the indictments that are coming out, Uncle June suspects that there's a mole. He suspects that there's somebody that is feeding the FBI information which is something that is uh, you will be interested in seeing where that goes. I'm already letting you know which you will be interested in. Spoiler. And yeah, and uh, and then you've got Olivia, you know, not so subtly dropping the bomb that uh, Tony's seeing a shrink, and Junior's like Tony, Tony, and he just you can see he's, he's just like fuck, right? Like, what am I going to do with this information? And she also says. Something that's very interesting, too, is she throws him essentially under the bus, but then she also says, I don't want there to be any repercussions. I Like, you know, I'm letting you know, don't do anything. Yeah, right? I, th- I think that's probably actually potentially genuine because normally she would she would say, she'd say that and say, you know, but I, I don't know what you want to do about that or I'm just letting you know. So I mean, that's actually one of the first things she said that's actually quite genuine. You know, she's not she's not yeah. effectively given the order to to deal with it or to speak to Tony. She said just this one, but then at the same time, it's like, well, why why tell him? Why in the, say why anything tell him in the first? Because she's yeah, like what what do you expect to have? You like you know, there's going to be repercussions. You know, June is going to have to. I don't know how he's going to deal with it, but he, he's obviously going to he's going to do something. He's going to be now crapping himself and think, well, like this this can't be happening. Oh my god, this is. I think by doing that, I think by doing that in she she's also. Uh, maintaining her position with, uh, of trust with Junior, right? She's just like, I'm going to tell you this, right? This is valuable information for you. But that's it. It's all it is is information. 
So it's like making sure that uh, she's still like, I, I don't know if you would go as far as to call her the puppeteer, but she's, she's still got her, she's still in the game. Yeah. Well, right? she's smart. And, and she knows that's... what she's doing. It's calculated all of it. Like she knows that she knows what she's doing. Exactly. She's not, she's not effectively given any type of order. She's just said look, this is what's happening. Just to keep you in the loop. This is what's happening, but I don't want anything done about it. It's just, I'm making you aware. So it doesn't come back later that I knew about this information and I, I kept it from you. So, yeah, so I think I think you're right. I think that's that's what it is, isn't it? But she's, yeah, she's the one. Well, that's the thing about this episode, isn't it? This episode had a lot, there's lots lots in it. The fact that, you know, Christopher's the, the sort of mainstay of the episode. But again, that bombshell at the end, that's that's the main part of the episode, isn't it? That's, that's the thing that you go, oh my God, that's, well, that's going to have lots of repercussions, I imagine. As opposed to sort yeah. of Christopher having a, having this episode where he's not he's not feeling too good, but you know I'm sure we'll come back to that and he have he have these kind of things again where he has sort of you know breakdowns and meltdowns and identities all over the place. But this right at the end again with Livia is is the biggest thing that probably came from this episode. So, and this is and this is what I think the show uh, thus far has proven to do so well. Like we talked off the top, it's like yay Christopher episode, but there's so much else going on. Right, you, you with just a couple of scenes, you get a couple scenes with Olivia, and there's so much going on. You get a, a lot going on with Tony, and 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 the rest of the the overarching issue that's going on with uh, pressure that the family's dealing with, with all the indictments and all. It's a lot that goes into this each and every episode, and not just like oh, okay, I got to sit here and watch you know 45 minutes of Christopher, you know, being Christopher. I. This is a. I wasn't so sure about last episode. You talked me into having appreciation for it. I really enjoyed this episode. I thought this one was was uh, very well done. And uh, <laughs> to steal a line from you, I'm really interested to see you know uh, how how quickly things start to unfold moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, is um is ten is Tennessee Williams? Do they reference Tennessee Williams in this episode? I they they did somewhere. I think when he was with Adriana, and oh, oh uh, yeah, no, she she says, "Oh, you're my you're my Tennessee Williams, right?" Okay, yeah, 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 yeah fine, yeah. yeah. So yeah, but uh, yeah, anything else you want to touch on with this one? Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh, I had I had down here Chris uh, Christopher Tech woes. I can relate to that when he's sort of like <laughs> punching the laptop. Yeah, yeah, yeah we've all been there, I, man. I, I relate to Christopher in this episode. All the stuff he was coming out with the the you know the problems he was facing. Look, Chris, being there, namely um, tech woes is top of the list. Does, does Fiona swoop in like Adriana and just fix those issues no. for you? Or no, no, Fiona has not called me her Tennessee Williams as of yet. Um, I too have got I've got lots of ideas for you know my whiteboard behind me or lots of bullet points and ideas for a potential TV show. No, I've not had the Tennessee Williams comment yet, unfortunately. Uh, Are you and Fiona going to tackle a series? That would be fantastic. Jeez. Oh, uh, well, maybe, maybe. Show me what what's what would be good. I don't think I don't, I don't think The Sopranos. There's a lot of options. I out think there. Tony, I think I think Fiona likes The Sopranos, but I don't. I'm not sure. I don't know what she'd talk about with The Sopranos. I think she just. I think she didn't very much just enjoy watching it. But no, I don't know. Actually, I'm not sure. I don't know. Future future programs or possible projects moving forward. But so. I mean, we've reached that point in the show, Ben, where, I mean, I am very open to giving you a platform to plug whatever you want to plug, or we can go back to, you know, being altruistic and, and doing some pod lifts of other shows that you and I are, are supporting out there in the indie podcast world. Uh, what choice is yours, my friend? Take it away. Um, well, I think after our, our Twitch stream, recently so last night recently yeah that wasn't very good lots of technical problems lots of christopher-esque punching of stuff and uh shouting <laughs> so um i don't want to plug that at the moment to be honest it's not it's not it's not well it's okay but it's it could be better so okay. i think we'll stay to the we'll stick to the theme that we've had recently of, of plugging other of a wonderful podcast um and i always i always get the words wrong with this one with these two guys so uh, john and mark Mark's a Mark's a big fan of the of the stream as well. He comes on and watches. So thanks, Mark. A um, hundred things you learned from film podcast. So it's a little bit of a oh, little okay. bit of a mouthful, I, but I probably that got is. the words wrong. So I probably have to 
change that. But yeah, no, they've they've got a good show. Good show. They so basically what they do is they uh, watch a film, and the guys try and get a hundred points, interesting points in the film between them, and they try and I think they get oh, really? they get seventy each and try and narrow it down to the hundred. Um, sometimes they do it. Sometimes they they fail miserably. I was gonna say that's a lot. That's oh, a yeah. lot of things, man. Yeah, but no, that's it's good. commitment. It's, it's, it's quite. It's you think about it. It's quite. Again, it's well. They're all you know. All, you know, but there's nothing that we we do as as podcasters that's not been done before. But I think they're they're actually their idea is quite interesting. It's it's trivia, yeah. but it's it's effectively you know bullshit trivia, but done well yeah. and presented it in, in a good fashion. And some of it's actually not bullshit at all. Some of it's actually really interesting. Because yeah. it's not it's not just always relating to the film. It's also about something that's just in the film. You know, a, a car or just something that pops up. It's like, did you know that? Oh, I did not. Oh. so. A hundred things I learned from watching film. Is that it? Is that is that right? Um, something along those lines. I don't want to say it again in case okay. I get the words wrong. But um, you know, we'll put the link, we'll in, link in, the, in the show notes and stuff. And um, yeah, you, you'll, you'll find them. You'll find them. Well, that's a ringing endorsement from Ben. So please uh, check him out. I'm I'm, I'm going to check him out. That sounds fascinating. Just just the work that it would take to get a uh, hundred things per episode. That's that's a lot of work, man. Yeah. Uh, for you, it's just it's just work getting you scheduled to sit down with me. So I can't imagine trying to do all that homework on top of it. No, no, that's true. Well, I think this would be the time for us to uh, to say good night, and uh, we will uh, we'll, we'll check everybody on the next episode, episode nine. Ooh. If you can do it, we're almost through. We're almost through season one. We're getting there, aren't we? What was it in thirteen? Was there? It looks like thirteen episodes. Yeah, right. thirteen episodes. So please uh, join us, and if you you know like what you hear, feel free to give us a review. Uh, you can you know follow us on Twitter. Links on the uh, show notes, and uh, yeah, please reach out to us. We would love to interact with you. But until then, we'll talk to you guys later. Ciao.